Hi, you're listening to Spooks, Creeps, and Assorted Every. We hope you enjoy our monstrous mash-up of spooky segments. Hey, Creeps. It's Laura, and I'm joined tonight with Tanya. Hi. And we have a super cool guest on our show, Mr. (laughs) Jesse Dore. That's a lot to live up to, but yes, I am here. (laughs) So Jesse has a podcast called Behold the Roll. Jesse, can you tell us about that? Yeah, for sure. Um, Behold the Roll is an actual play Dungeons and Dragons podcast. We play 5e for anybody that's like familiar with the Dungeons and Dragons system. It's like the newest one. Um, But yeah, basically I'm the dungeon master, storyteller, whatever you want to call it for it. And I take three of my friends through like a little story that I've written with the help of the stuff that's already built into Dungeons and Dragons and stuff like that. Um, And yeah, basically we just make idiots out of ourselves on a microphone for an hour and a half and post it online. But it's pretty fun. Um, (laughs) I think there's like a million Dungeons and Dragons podcasts out there now, especially ones that do like 5e actual play. But we've we've all been into D&D for at least like 10 years, some of us slightly less, but once we all like don't live next to each other anymore. So we were going to play online anyways, figured we might as well make it into a podcast. Cool. That's awesome. Now Tanya yeah. has some D and D questions for you. Absolutely. I'll try not to disappoint. <laughs> How long have you played D and D or you probably just said that, didn't you? Well, um, I've played on and off for probably like, 12 years or so okay Um, I played like once when I was in high school and then the like group that I played with kind of didn't stick together so I stopped playing for like four or five years and we actually played Pathfinder um, which I'm just recently realizing is not Dungeons and Dragons but it's like a different TTRPG Um, but we played Pathfinder for a while and then I met like some people from work and we started playing fifth edition and they taught me that. And then I've been through like four or five different groups until we've kind of landed on the one that I'm playing with now. Yeah. Um, so TTRPG for anybody who doesn't know is tabletop role play game. And that would be yes. me. That would be Laura. I'm glad you said the uh, acronym because I always forget what they are. So. That's okay. Yeah. Um, I'm used to that because I, I used to play an MMORPG and people mm-hmm. were like, what's that? Yeah, what is that? Um, it's, um, oh God. It's basically a it. video game online. <laughs> Isn't it like massive multiplayer? Massive or multiplayer role there you play go. game. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Where people play online with each other. I earned like, a little bit of my cred back. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you did. Um, did you write the campaign you guys are doing? Yes, uh, it's, I'm pitching it kind of as a uh, homebrew hybrid. So Uh the world itself is called Omersia, which is just a world that like I've created in the towns and stuff like that are just towns that like, I would Google cool fantasy towns, and then I would mix a bunch of stuff up until I found what I like. Um, But I am taking 
aspects of DD that I like. Like we use the Feywild, which is a big like Dungeons and Dragons thing. Um, we okay. use all of their like monsters and stuff like that, all of the stats and things of that nature. So the, honestly, the reason I went into this home brewing is because my ADD brain has a really hard time reading like modules and stuff like that. Yeah. So it's yeah. just easier for me to pick and choose the stuff that I like, put it into okay. a story and then create the rest of it around that. Yeah. Okay. Um, so far, my favorite uh, monster character is definitely the mimic. Yes. Yes. Everybody needs a little perverted mimic in their life. They always do. That character <laughs> went off the rails extremely quickly. <laughs> I don't or think it's a been... treasure chest. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it uh, it is a very naughty treasure chest. That yeah. Mm. <laughs> Mimics are typically like villains and monsters and stuff like that in D&D, but I've always thought they're really fun. So when yeah. I was like uh, trying to figure out like ways to introduce more magic items and stuff like that, I'm like, oh, I'll put like a whimsical mimic in the game and like he'll be able to like get magic items from around the world. I did think then, that was really cool. <laughs> yeah. And then the second I started talking as him, everybody just thought he was a pervert. So we just went down that road. <laughs> Very pervert. Yeah. Very perverted. And now that's <laughs> but it's funny. Exactly. <laughs> um, yes, that was my DD question for us. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Good. I was worried we were gonna get actual DD questions. No. And I was gonna be exposed for not knowing half the stuff. That they no, had. no. When I played DD, I I've mm. never been a um DM. So it's yeah. this it's fun to to role play and do that stuff and that's what for i did sure. in the mmorpg was role play so yeah i just loved all that but yeah, yeah i don't know the all the rules for sure <laughs> now from most of the people that i've talked to so far it seems like everybody's a lot more chill than like the stigma used to be of you need to follow every rule to a t right. now it's like this rule's kind of lame so we'll throw that out uh, we'll put our I own rule in and right exactly <laughs> Go from there. but it's a really it's a really neat podcast whether you I play D and D it, or not, you. it's funny. It's fun. So yeah. <laughs> All right. So it. we always ask our guests this question: How did you get interested in the weird and paranormal? Yes, um, I spent far too long thinking about this because I felt like I had to come in with notes. So I basically made myself a timeline in my head. Oh my gosh! Um, okay. But the basics is because I don't want to take up all the time. Um, we have fine. all the time. All right. You're fine. <laughs> when, when I was in elementary school, um, we used to be able to take out like one book from the library. Yeah. And within mm -hmm. one year, I literally took out every book about dinosaurs. Mm -hmm. um, that's oh. all I would do is every week I'd just take out a new book about dinosaurs and whether I read it or just looked at the pages, like right. there's just something that always super fascinated me. Yeah. Um, and then when I got older, I learned about the Loch Ness Monster, mm -hmm. which was like my gateway into yeah. anything like cryptozoology or anything like that. Because I was like, oh, sweet, like a possible Please dinosaur that's yeah. alive. Like that's yeah. kind of sick. Um, and then it just kind of spiraled from there. The funny thing that I didn't really think about is I actually didn't like a lot of like ghosts and things like that until like five or six years ago. I was okay. very like closed minded and whatnot but then I would turn around and be like yeah there's a dinosaur that lives in Scotland right. <laughs> and, um, but when I was in high school I started watching 
um, Monster Quest in mm-hmm. the first episode cool. that I had put on was the one where they got like video of the giant squid or whatever. And I was like, oh, oh yeah, like, I didn't know these shows existed. And mm-hmm. so I quickly like binge that. Um, and then Destination Truth and Factor yeah. Faith were my mm-hmm. other Those two are good. Ones. Yeah. Um, they don't hold up as well today. I watched them not long ago, but um, I still like Josh Gates. He's still funny with all the yeah. expedition unknowns and all mm-hmm. the stuff that he does. I love Josh Gates. I had completely yeah. forgot about it when I was doing like some minor like searching around for this. When I was in high school, they had a thing on like, I can't remember what was it sci-fi that had destination truth? I think it was but, sci-fi, uh, yeah. Now it's you could Discovery like, Plus, I think. Yeah. You I could write the in. Sci-fi channel. <laughs> oh yeah. Sci-fi is still great. Like I'll watch any of those bad movies. <laughs> but um, they had a thing you could like write in and get a signed eight by ten by Josh Gates. And I had it as like my Facebook profile picture for the last had- Oh, that's awesome. Oh yeah. I was so proud of that thing. <laughs> you should be I, I didn't even get to like meet him I literally like sent a letter like wrote it with my bare hands and sent it to a random address yeah I was like man that does not happen anymore like no now you gotta pay no. for it mm-hmm. yeah yep. and I don't even know if people write letters anymore not very much I don't yeah. think no that's a it's a dying art I believe mm-hmm. but that was the long of it is like okay. I really liked those shows and then in high school is when I got into more creative writing things yeah and the creative writing that I liked to do was more like horror suspense or like monster-esque based and so they kind of both fed into each other where I'd like write a story get super into it watch a bunch of YouTube documentaries like get super into it right and yeah and like once I discovered like podcasts that's where like I really started to actually like learn about things mm-hmm. because yeah. before I had very spotty, I would know a ton about three cryptids, but I, I had never heard of Mothman for the longest mm-hmm. time. Like the ones that are very almost popular references. Yeah. yeah. Like all those kind of went over my head and I had like a bunch of obscure ones that I had just happened upon and read about. So, yeah. So you had some experiences Yes, um, <laughs> I will be the first person to say that I am the world's most fickle believer when it comes to all of this. Yeah, because you could tell know, me. Have you listened to uh, Rick? <laughs> I was going to say Rick's going <laughs> to be kicking his computer when he starts hearing us talk about <laughs> the uh, cryptids today. But um, my thing is, is like you could tell me a story, and you could be like, "I heard a knock on my wall," and I'd be like, "Oh, that's weird. Like, did you investigate it or whatever?" And then I could walk around a corner and there'd be somebody standing there and disappear. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, oh, that was a weird trick of the light. And then I'd right. just go back to doing what I've yeah. been doing. Um, so like I've had one thing mostly that was kind of weird, but I was with a friend that like is very into paranormal. Like he outwardly believes in it and he's had like a lot of weird experiences. And whereas I just like wrote it off immediately because I was like, oh, weird owl Um, (laughs) but um I don't know the specifics I should have looked this up but there's like a specific road in Maine I think it's like route 2a or something like that that's like very reportedly haunted because in Maine there's a lot of snow and ice and there's like stories of truckers going off the roads and things like that on this one specific like blind corner and then there's different folklores about like a girl in white and she'll like appear and disappear and stuff like that um but you saw like a white blur right 
Yeah. So basically we were driving. I don't even remember why he lived up that way. Um, it was probably something to that effect, but we were driving and it was late at night and we like came up over this hill and there was something white in the road and it just immediately shot like straight up into the air, like not a flying trajectory. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm still saying owl. Um, but like (laughs) he was super freaked out by it because like admittedly it was weird because it was just like was it owl size um you're like no it's human it was human size yeah it was a giant no um, (laughs) it's hard for me to say again it was a long time ago and Mm -hmm. it happened so quickly right so like I want to say that it was owl size but it could be me using like reverse psychology on myself um and with like motion blur and headlights and things like that. Right. Um, I would say owl to size up from owl, but <laughs> okay. You know, um, that's probably like the weirdest thing that I've ever seen. Cause I've heard like noises and stuff. I used to work mm-hmm. retail and I used to work overnights. And sometimes I'd be in the building like by myself or with one other person. And you always hear like weird things that you can't explain and stuff like that. But right. Um, that was the like strangest one that I had. You seen. did see some strange lights in the sky, right? You said. Yeah, that again, super easy, probably to write off. Um, Don't write it uh, off right now. Just yeah. tell us. The, <laughs> then, um, it was actually the same time that I was working overnights for my retail job, and I would get out occasionally. Our overnights would end in like the middle, so I would get out at like three or four in the morning, and. Oh, okay. So I'd be like driving home and it'd be like pitch dark, especially Mm -hmm. during the winter and stuff like that. And there was a stretch of like probably a week and a half where uh, to get to my house, you would get off the interstate. And if you look right, there's like a giant field with power lines and stuff like that. But then off in the distance, you can see the woods. And um, when I was getting off the interstate one day, I like looked over and there was like a big orange light in like the trees. And I'm like, oh, that's weird. Whatever. Like went along my day Mm -hmm. and then just progressively through the next like week or so every time I'd get off the interstate that light would be there and then there'd be like I guess probably not every day but every so often there'd be like a second light and then there was like a set of like three lights next to it so like realistically probably road work or something that was going on way down over that way (laughs) um but it it actually like inspired a short story that I'd wrote at one point. And oh. it's, it's stuff like that, that I really like. Cause I yeah. like knowing yeah. that something probably has a real explanation, but then mm-hmm. I like thinking, okay, well, what could it be if it's not right. that? <laughs> like, I think that's what really interests me about mm-hmm. everything paranormal and stuff like that. Like I'm perfectly willing to give up to Rick and say, yeah, it's probably this, but what if it's not, what do you think right. it is? Well, like right. that's my favorite right. avenue. Yeah. But, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Those are the two things that I would say I've had like the closest as far as actual encounters go. Mm-hmm. I haven't had any, so I'm jealous yeah. that you had something say, a little strange. There was one time that like I saw a bunch of strobe lights in the sky and I was like, whoa, this is definitely a UFO. And then I realized it was a McDonald's promotion and I drove <laughs> by it. They just had like spotlights in the sky. I've oh, yeah. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They used to do that a lot. When yeah. I was really? Me too. We, we, yeah. yeah. For, like, I was going to say they did it like for two weeks or something like that in Maine and then they just stopped again. So I'm assuming it was yeah. not doing what they wanted it to, but. <laughs> yeah they, so, I remember when I was young that happening a lot yeah mm-hmm. I remember seeing those too like when I was like around movie theaters 
Yeah. Oh, see, mm-hmm. Yeah. This one's just in like the middle of a fairly dead town. So oh, <laughs> that's weird. Yeah. They probably just, <laughs> I mean, that's Maine, but they probably got too many complaints from old cranky people that didn't like the lights. Mm-hmm. Maybe so. Yeah. Cause yeah. up close, those are huge. Mm-hmm. They're like the size yeah. of a car. Or people like me that thought they were UFOs. Something. Aliens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, like you've said, you are from Maine, but now you live in yes. Virginia, yes. but you had some fun local legends that we wanted to talk about. So the first one is the Bill Dad. And mm-hmm. so that's a fearsome creature from folklore of the North American lumberjacks. It was described to be about the size of a beaver with long kangaroo-like hind legs, short front legs, webbed feet, and a heavy hawk-like beak. It has a very fast and powerful jump and a strong tail. They've been reported to jump up to about 60 yards. Tanya's like trying not to laugh right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I'm straight up laughing. Like that's why I picked that. Um, but it's not one for attacking humans or anything bigger than itself. And it's been said that Bill Dad meat is poisonous in a way, so nobody wants to eat it anymore. So um, it lives around. Um, Boundary Pond in Northwest Maine. It's a piscivore. It hunts by wading by grassy areas with lots of insects. When a fish surfaces to try and eat the bug, the bill dad will jump over it with astonishing speed and smack its tail down hard enough to stun the fish. And then, you know, it'll eat the fish after that. Um, the smacking sound <laughs> is similar to a paddle hitting the water. Like a um, beaver. Yeah. Okay. The Bill Dad was considered <laughs> to be a delicacy by lumberjacks until very recently, but no one knows what the meat tastes like because uh, the Bill Dad is very shy and reclusive. However, there was a report that a dead Bill Dad was washed ashore and a cook made a meal out of it, eaten by a man named Bill Murphy. However, as soon as he ate that meat, he felt sick, he screamed, his eyes glazed over, and he ran outside and imp- imitated a bill dad jumped in the water sank and was never seen again dun dun okay i know that's exciting (laughs) yeah apparently the story says that he jumped 60 yards like a bill dad yes (laughs) that's my favorite part yeah 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 that's pretty far Mm-hmm. <laughs> it sounds like an overactive beaver to me. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. So we can it's all like, agree that it's, it's like a, a beaver, big. But... They showed it like a kangaroo looking with a beak, like a big beak on it. Mm-hmm. You'll have to Google the picture, Tanya. It's kind of funny. It is interesting. Oh, I like, will. <laughs> there's so, not a lot about it. Yeah, like, there wasn't that much. No. So Jesse, what is um the razor razor shins? Yeah. Is that what it is? Razor shins. Yeah. It's what the stupidest that? thing that I've ever heard in my life. And I love it. So I love much. it. Let's hear it. Yeah. It's um, so I didn't get the full story. Like I should have. That's all uh, right. I just wrote myself notes, but basically it is a folk tale in the like logging industry. That's over like two centuries old where in the Northern Maine woods, I think all three of these actually came from Northern Maine. Um, but it is a immortal humanoid that is sometimes shapeless and sometimes takes the appearance of a Native American, um, which comes into play later on. But it's supposedly like very harmless and people just catch glimpses of it in the woods. 
but it has a uh, unquenchable thirst for whiskey. And <laughs> it's s- said that- uh, loggers, I know people like that, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> so the loggers would tell new people on their first days when they would first start up in the logging woods with them that they needed to leave a jug of whiskey outside their cabin on their first night as a offering to mm. razor shins and um it's said that if razor shins accepted their offering and its favorite was bangor rye whiskey which i'm like two towns over from bangor or i used to be and i have no idea what that is but um <laughs> that was apparently his favorite probably and somebody's grandpa makes it yeah right. more than likely <laughs> But it's said that if he likes your offering, you'll wake up with an empty jug outside your cabin and razor shins will have <laughs> fell a tree or two for you. So it'd be less oh. work that you have to do during the day. Um, but if you don't leave him an offering or if he doesn't like it, then he will track you down in the woods when you're alone and kill you. Sometimes mm. scalp you with his razor sharp shin bones. I was wondering why his name was right. Because yeah. that's a really weird name. Nobody ever really talks about it. They literally, they don't say if his shins are like protruding out or if he just has sharp legs. It's literally just his sharp shin bones is all that ever gets referenced. Hmm. And it's like a very funny story, but also kind of sad when you like look into the details. Because I think it just, Obviously, it's just people screwing with new people that show up, but right. it also yeah. Has, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it also has a touch of the like main racism and like being afraid of you Native know Americans. Native Americans and stuff mm-hmm. like right. that. Yeah. Um, but the only other thing that I found about it that I thought was really funny is that there was apparently I couldn't find the article, but I heard somebody referencing it. Is there was an article in the Bo- the Boston Globe from January eleventh, nineteen twenty, which was the start of Prohibition asking mm-hmm. prohibition was going to finally get rid of razor shins and like kick him out of the woods so right. people wouldn't <laughs> be able to leave him whiskey anymore so uh, it seems like he didn't make it past then right no. prohibition killed him mm-hmm. <laughs> although he's immortal if you believe them so maybe he's just waiting for his whiskey offering somewhere right exactly yeah. you gotta give him the good whiskey mm-hmm. apparently <laughs> all right so there's one more uh, Jesse, why don't you tell us about that? Or Tanya, did you want to talk about that one? I was I was going to read the description. Okay. But if, yeah. Um, it, Tote Road Shagamal. And it is a Tote Road? Who's, I wonder how you say that. I think it's Tote Road. Is that what yeah. you said, Jesse? Tote yeah, road. I think I think a tote yeah. road is literally just like a path that they used to use to transport like logging, okay. like logs and stuff like that. It's basically yeah. a... Um, I can't remember, but like a fire road, like something along those lines where they like specifically use it to transport okay. trees in that nature. Yeah, because it has a dash in between it. So it's like tote dash road. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Okay. Um, it says it's a creature whose origins lie in the traditions of late 19th century North American lumberjack oral tradition. Wow. Is there like a lot of lumberjacks up there? Yeah, it, that was basically all. Yeah, you're close, was to, for the you're close to Canada. Mm-hmm. Oh, and that's true. They've got mm-hmm. the, um, uh, yeah. yeah. And they'd transport a lot down to Boston. So yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Um, even by the standards of other fearsome critters and it had to tell what critters was in parentheses, <laughs> the, t- the tote road shagamaw of Maine is a bizarre animal. It's legs in and cloven hooves like those of a moose, yet its arms terminate in bear like paws. 
and it switches between walking on its feet and its hands every quarter of a mile exactly. This has led to several instances of fisticuffs between woodsmen as these fellows accuse each other of being unable to tell the difference between the tracks of a moose and those of a bear. The Shagamaw was first identified by one Gus Demo of Old Town, Maine, an experienced logger and trapper who deduced that the species had a history of mimicry and had seen human surveyors tracing perfectly straight lines through the woods. It proceeded to try and imitate these men, but as it could only count to 440, the number of steps it would take in a quarter of a mile, it had to invert its method of locomotion like clockwork. Hmm. That's all it says about it. Yeah. It looks like a hairy little goat man is what it looks like to me. (laughs) (laughs) As I say, the one story that I like heard about it was basically that, the whole idea of people would get into arguments because they'd be tracking a moose or something and then they would lose the track and whatnot. And Mm, that's a big thing of pride in Maine is you got to know what tracks you're looking at. And so the basic uh, conclusion everybody seems to have come to is it's a folklore that comes out of people not wanting to admit that they've lost the trail of a moose or a bear. So clearly (laughs) it is a hybrid that can change between the two. There but you go. The entire time, it all. <laughs> the entire time I was listening to this, all I could think about was two things. One, once I heard like Rick talking on here, I just could only think of him being told that this was a real thing. And uh, <laughs> Chris Carnicelli's voice just kept ringing in my ear because I think he'd just quit if somebody tried to <laughs> pitch yeah. that to him. Yeah, yeah so very true. skeptical. Especially with all the math that's like built into it, like it can only count up to whatever steps before, yeah, and yeah. then it has to invert to the bear or the moose. Yeah, that is kind of funny. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, think you're right. The um, explanation that that they didn't want to admit that they had lost the tracks that that makes perfect sense. Actually, that seems to be a lot of the explanations that I found because there was a couple other like really odd things. There was like a monkey that threw like tree logs at people so people would oh, i think i saw and, that when i was googling yeah i think it's dead. like the agro pelter or agro something yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah it, people would just wake up and find people under logs and it's like basically their way of writing off people that would get hurt in logging accidents yeah like, right Nobody wants to say they accidentally dropped a tree on somebody, but if a right, exactly. strange if monkey, a monkey threw a tree it. at a person, <laughs> then you get so some funny. crazy stuff going on. Right, exactly. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so we have some rapid fire questions for you. Are you ready? All right, uh, ready as all ever be. Okay. What is your favorite type of music? Um, I I'd probably have to say rap but I kind of switch my genres off and on, but rap's the one that I probably go back to the most. Okay. What is the best non-curse word, one word insult that you use? Ooh, um, I really enjoy very juvenile insults. So I'll call (laughs) like my friends like dingbats and stuff a lot. Mm -hmm. Like I (laughs) really... I feel like it's even more insulting when you put it down to like a school level for them. 
Yeah. Yes. Um, I think Rick calls us ding dongs sometimes. Yeah, yeah I mean, he does. Yeah. It's it's great <laughs> if you just can hit them with that, you know, third grade on the swing set insult. Right. <laughs> uh, toilet paper over or under? Uh, over. Okay. Tanya's like giving like the thumbs up, like, yes, <laughs> yes. he answered that one right. Yes. I was just say, I'm like focusing way too hard. I'm not even looking at the computer anymore. I'm just making sure I don't answer these incorrectly. <laughs> There's no right or wrong answer. <laughs> not for you, but we're on the internet. So oh, well, yes, I have to be, be able to defend myself eventually. <laughs> that's true. I think you're, I think only one person has said under that I've asked that to. Really? I'm not yeah, going to say who. Weird. But... I, I'm, I'm going to be honest. Like I only notice because it's a controversy if it was right. the other way i wouldn't notice like if i walked into a bathroom and it was under there wouldn't be a single part of me that yeah, would yeah. notice that oh there is me yeah. i'm like what <laughs> and if it, it is if it is able to be turned i will turn it <laughs> <You're funny>. <laughs> <laughs> okay so for me i try and do it over but most of the time i'm just putting it in however like i don't even really notice i just stick it on the, yeah. the roll. yeah but all right, you had some rapid fire questions, right, Tanya? Yes, um, I do. Hold on. Okay, what is your favorite snack? Ooh, um, don't answer wrong. I know. It's, <laughs> <laughs> see, in my head, I'm just instantly telling myself not to name something really stupid that's a full meal because I don't eat a lot of snacks. So I'll eat like a frozen pizza at eight o'clock at night and then go to bed. Hey, that's a snack. And, yeah. That's a snack so, if you, you eat know it at eight o'clock before bed. Yeah. Is that gonna, your final um, answer? That's my final answer. Okay. Wait, what kind of pizza? Um, I've really been rocking the DiGiorno stuffed crust lately. Mm, okay. um, but what kind of toppings? Of just pepperoni. I'm boring. <laughs> yeah. I, I say veggie or cheese so there you go <laughs> yeah see anything with vegetables aren't they're not making it to the snack at eight o'clock <laughs> <laughs> um what is your favorite cryptid oh probably Loch Ness huh <laughs> yeah I Loch Ness is the uh emotional favorite because it's the one that I've liked for so mm -hmm. long um uh -huh. my favorite new cryptid that I've found is the uh Groot slang because of the oh yeah Cryptonaut episode I just thought that was really cool and I did a bunch of research on it um oh that's cool yeah it's just like I don't know it's my brand of cryptid because I just like animal based monsters that are also just mm -hmm. weird so like this yeah. weird elephant snake that has its own right. cave systems rad <laughs> okay, so what do you think the Loch Ness is? What do you think the Loch Ness monster is? Is it a plesiosaur? Or is it a bunch of seal or eels? Is it logs? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like my answers changed over the years because I'm very in easily influenced. Mm -hmm. And so when it came out that like, I can't remember exactly, but there was a certain type of catfish that had gotten in the loch. And I was like, oh, it's that because the catfish is enormous. It's like mm -hmm. 700 pounds or something stupid. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, oh, it was that. And then I had never heard of a sturgeon until I started. Yeah, I think it's documentary. all sturgeons. Yeah. And, I think but, they're all sturgeons. <laughs> and now I'm kind of leaning towards eel because that seems to be the new hip thing to think. Yeah. Um, but I like to think that there could have been something else that's probably died by now because the yeah. sightings have dropped mm -hmm. i don't think it was probably yeah. like a dinosaur or anything like that but 
even if it was something that just wasn't supposed to be in there, it's probably dead or decided not to come back at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I don't think it, the lock would be sustainable for anything like a plesiosaur right. or no, anything. That's where you really got to go down the rabbit hole of like, you know, the waterways that feed into it and whether something right, right. get in and out of it or all those right. things, which I, I tell myself it doesn't exist. But if tomorrow something came out that they found something weird in the lock, I'd be like, I knew I it. I knew it. All yeah. along. <laughs> I want it to be true. Yeah. I, I know. I want there to be a place. What's so romantic or... about it? I, yes. I told my girlfriend that if like somebody offered me like all the riches or if I had wishes or something, one of the things that I would spend it on is just show me one thing that exists that we don't know about. Mm-hmm. That's like yeah. all I, I just want something that like everybody that's like nothing weird exists in this world that we don't know about i just even if they don't know it i want the satisfaction of <laughs> right knowing that there's knowing something it's out real. there right. exactly. <laughs> yes that would be great um which would you rather see or meet an alien a cryptid or a ghost ah uh, cryptid okay there's just something so like fascinating to me about it again mm-hmm. if i saw a ghost I would probably think that I was having some sort of like mental breakdown. You just write it and, off. Yeah. Or, or just be like, all right, I'm a, I'm finally insane. Like it's just finally happened <laughs> and time to go get the help I should have gotten. <laughs> but, but like a cryptid and probably alien would be second. Cause I think that'd be really fun too. But mm-hmm. I feel like an alien. So like subjective, like, you don't yeah. even know what you're going to get because there's right. You're, right. you're not going to get ET, you know, like you're not going to know what it is when you see it. Mm-hmm. Whereas right. if I just saw a weird half moose, half bear that was walking around the woods of Maine, I'd be like, all right, this is sick. Like I can die happy. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. And then I've got one more. What's your all favorite right. movie? Ugh. Uh, <laughs> I hate like favorite questions because I'm one of those people <laughs> that will watch something and really love it and then forget it exists for 10 years and mm-hmm. then go back and watch yeah, it. Yeah, my favorites um, change. <laughs> I would say I would say my favorite series for the longest time was Halloween. Mm. Um, oh, okay. I really like the Halloween series, but I think one of my favorite horror movies now that like I would go back and rewatch a bunch is The Descent. Um, oh yeah, that's good. Yeah, I, I haven't I like, seen The Descent, but I have heard it's really good. Yeah, I really liked it. It's I saw it at a time where I thought I had seen all the good horror movies. Mm-hmm. And so I was like really disappointed when like Netflix and Hulu, they had obviously been around for a long time, but it was when they were just becoming everybody only watches mm-hmm. those. So I just did yeah. all the horror movies off of it. And when I watched The Descent, I'm like, you know, that one was actually quite yeah. good and i've watched it a well, couple good. times since then and it still holds up so i'll have to i'll have to watch that i hadn't watched it yet you I, should get shutter do you have shutter as a um i don't i don't watch like a lot of tv or even like movies on hulu or netflix or anything like we yeah. we went to the theater yesterday and saw the black phone and that's the first time i've been to a movie in the theater was, for probably like four or five years was that good um <laughs> <laughs> I I think I wanted it to be better than it was because I've heard really good reviews about it. But uh-huh. I think that I'm in the minority of people that didn't like it because neither my and I don't want to say that I didn't like it. I thought it was really 
like interesting it just felt like they had a plot and then pushed it out to a movie and kind of left something out right. it could also be because I never read the book so I might be missing mm. information that I needed yeah um, sometimes movies do that mm, leave something I, completely out yes I will say if you want to watch it to probably see it in the theater because having that um immersion kind of I think mm -hmm. made it better than it would have been if I waited to watch it at home oh, okay. but it, it was it was definitely creepy they were just now that I do more writing and stuff like that there's just a lot of plot holes that really confuse me but that's my fault for going into a movie looking for those shame things. on you so, exactly. <laughs> exactly I'm slowly becoming Rick <laughs> oh gosh don't do that no one wants no, that yeah no <laughs> <laughs> well, Jesse, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Yes, uh, thank where you guys can for people find me. you? Um, great question. So all of our social medias is at Behold the Roll. Um, so that's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram are the three that we use mostly. Um, Twitter is really the only one that we get a lot of interactions with. Instagram's growing slowly and we're trying to do stuff with Facebook, but I'm slowly realizing Facebook's not the thing anymore. Uh, but, yeah don't tell rick that yeah i mean hey <laughs> i i still love facebook that's the one i use the most so. yeah yeah me um, too. well that's yeah. how we met mm -hmm, exactly yeah. and that's that's a, another reason why i thought facebook was the thing because i was like oh look at all these cool people that are on facebook but apparently I think the not. younger people mm -hmm. are going to other stuff yeah, yeah <laughs> we haven't branched out to uh tiktok yet but i think that's the move if you really want to get that young crowd yeah but uh um, we have a tiktok but we don't do it walter does yeah i mean it can definitely be it can definitely be a good source if you know what you're doing with it and you right content for it but maybe someday we'll see if there if anybody wants us to make a tiktok we'll definitely do it um i want you to do it so do it all right i'll hit up do all Zach. those tiktok dances right is that what's hip Sure. We're, we're, <laughs> Zach's not doing much, so we're going to make Zach do it. Yeah, uh, okay. that's how we decided Walter was going to do it. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. he's uh, gotten really good at it, too. Yeah. Hey, I mean, I never thought I was going to be good at Twitter, and I've met a lot of cool people over there, so maybe it'll become a good little go. social media trick. Yeah. yeah. But cool. yeah, that's, that's where most of our stuff is, and then the actual podcast is, as far as I know, nobody's told me that they can't find it anywhere, so... Right. Uh, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Spotify, all that uh -huh. fun stuff. That's where um, I listen to it. Yep. Yep. It seems like from the little bit that I understand about the metrics, that's where most of our audience comes from right now is Spotify. Mm -hmm. So uh, yeah, you can check it out there. The actual website I think is um, beholdtherollpodcast.podbean.com. Um, so if that doesn't work, I'm sorry, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, cool. But no, thank you for having me on. I genuinely, I've always loved these things. So I was very excited when you guys. You were like the, the first one right to jump in. And you're because when I was looking for people to interview, you're like, I will do it. You're like, but mm. I don't have many experiences or I'm like, I don't yeah. care. Let's do it. <laughs> I was yeah. gonna say, I we're just trying to like, you know, at first we're trying to get it. So you at least had your podcast up and running. So yes. it's been that long that we've been you know, waiting for this. So no, and I think it was perfect. So I think if I didn't at least have a little bit of the experience, I probably would have just been in here stumbling over myself more than I am now. But 
the, uh, you're doing great. I know. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. But before we started this, I was trying to talk a couple of my friends into doing a like cryptozoology ish podcast. So yeah. when you all broke off and started doing your own thing and then started talking about interviews, I was like, I know a bunch of obscure cryptids. Like, yeah, I'm willing to talk about what I think the Loch Ness monster is. Let's go. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can find me, Tanya, and the rest of the crew on all the socials. Um, you can find us on Redbubble for merch. Uh, please rate and review us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you can. Me and Tanya will be at a booth at the Van Meter Festival. Mm-hmm. Saturday, yep, Saturday, September 24th. Uh-huh. Um, and Laura's I, speaking. I will be speaking, so... Ooh you know, come and make funny faces at me and make me more nervous than I already am. (laughs) But yeah, that's where we're at. So find us and come talk to us. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you again. Oh yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right. We'll talk to you later. Talk to you later. Bye. Goodbye. How does a quick deep dive into a folklore topic sound to you? From an exploration of places or traditions, to a thorough investigation of themes such as British furry creatures or ocean monsters, to eclectic topics such as cheese and modern day creepypasta. Loot Glore is a twice a month show hosted by myself, Luke Greensmith, and filled with wonder, very British sardonic wit, and no small amount of creeping dread as stories from around the world are brought to life. You can find Loot Glore anywhere you enjoy podcasts, all the scripts of the show are available for reference at www.lukelaw.com. Uh, hey, creeps, it's Laura, and it's time for another episode of Creeps with Peeps. And today I have with me Josh Taylor. Hey, Josh. Hi, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? Thanks. Thanks for having me. Good. And thanks for having me. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> So we met on Instagram and your handle is weird underscore dad underscore updates. Um, so tell yes. me about yourself. How did you get interested in like the weird paranormal, you know, world that we live in? I think it's been a kind of a hobby or a, a habit since I was young. I can remember just being a very young kid and checking out alien books and ghost stories mm-hmm. and stuff. And it was just something that always I kind of got drawn to and no matter what I do in life, it always seems to find a way to get back to me. And, and I always enjoyed it. And, and, uh, you know, I always want to see what's out there and it always holds my interest a lot. And I just kind of think it's something that's worth exploring for sure. Yeah. I know. That's how I started too. You know, my mom had, um, she's had experiences and, you know, there's a bunch of stories in my family about like my grandfather and great grandfather catching a mermaid off of the Gulf of Mexico, like, yeah like you know in the early 1900s um and my mom saw a thunderbird like a pterodactyl in texas in the 1970s yeah so you know my mom would tell me about ghost stories and i just that just like fueled like my interest and i checked out every book at the library about Bermuda triangle and anything weird yes (laughs) you know like spontaneous (laughs) human combustion you know like that kind of stuff so yeah (laughs) Um, I, felt so, like, I felt the same way. It was kind of like my mom and grandma yeah. kind of got me into the whole like spirit stuff and Ouija boards and stuff like okay. that. That kind of got me interest and 
just the you know idea of the unknown and, and ghosts and stories and stuff like that they would pass along or strange you know occurrences that happened yeah you know? uh, do you play with a ouija have you ever played with a ouija board or i i did and scared? it didn't work out well for me when i was young oh really <laughs> well, i was too young to realize that you know there wasn't the internet back then right <laughs> <laughs> so i was doing it and uh you know, we ended up getting uh, some kind of spirit that uh, came through in our house and it actually stayed there even after I left. So, oh, wow. Yeah. So it was, it didn't cause a lot of havoc, but it, it would periodically just cause, you know, some, some issues for sure. Yeah. Wow. So. You, you know, like I used to play like with the Ouija board with my friends, like in middle school and, you know, we'd be in like a dark basement and we'd put like a red light on. You know, and nothing, you know, we play like light as a father, stiff as a board, um, but nothing yeah. ever happens. I've, I haven't had any experiences myself. So no. Oh, wow. I'm, yeah, I feel lame. But um, <laughs> I know you've had experiences. Had. Yeah. Um, so you Definitely. went to um, you do paranormal investigations, right? You help with that. Yes. And you mm -hmm. were um, at the Mineral Springs in Alton just this yes. year. Right. Or, or was that last year? Uh, yeah, this year, I uh, last year as well. I mean, I've gone quite a few times, you know, definitely quite a bit. So yeah. It's a place I kind of uh, visit, you know, probably every three months or so. Okay. I would say, you know, with regular, you know, uh, visiting time, you know. Yeah. Me and Tanya so, went there um, last year and oh, yeah? we, you know, kind of explored a little, but we just mostly went into the shops and, you know, oh, yeah. did all the shopping cool for shops, crystals. Too. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> All right. Yeah, so have you had experiences there? I have uh, quite a bit. Right, it's kind of funny because um, what happened is that I've been there so many times and I really didn't have any experiences. Mm -hmm. And then it looks like just recently, probably within the last you know six months or so, they started opening up a place called Soul Asylum. Uh, which had like haunted objects and then also just you know creepy torture, oh, the torture museum stuff right yeah but they, yeah, they were... somebody new took over it and they actually got it to look really nice and actually make it a little bit more legit oh um, okay so so it's a lot more interesting and it feels like since that opened up a lot of things started happening in that that building more often oh um, okay so one of the things that happened um i was with one of my investigators steve and we were helping out with the tour and we had a couple other people that were in the room with us and we we're just asking a lot of questions mm -hmm. like hey where are you at are you here with us you know can you respond and it was in and ended up being in this place called the dark room uh, okay. which is basically kind of like a dark i guess they had sacri you know sacrificial um you know, episodes and stuff like that in the, in the room um so it you know it's just supposed to be like a darker feeling in that room mm -hmm. so I, you know i tended to go in there and try to poke poke around a little bit and see if i can get some kind of interaction and then we were like sitting there listening and waiting and then all of a sudden you know we started getting responses from like uh, electronic devices kind of like the ovulus mm -hmm. where you get the you know a whole bunch of uh responses where it said you know like witchcraft and and seances and and all that kind of stuff and sacrifices and it was like, oh, man, we're getting some you know, good stuff. And now all of a sudden it stopped. So we're like, OK, where are you? What happened? Where did mm -hmm. you go? And then all of a sudden I was standing like to the far right. And then in my right ear, I hear I'm right here, like in a woman's voice that whispered Ooh. to me. And did that like, give you the goosebumps? Yeah. <laughs> oh, it did. It, it kind of jumped me up. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And you have um, video of that, right? Or you have just yeah, a video? Yeah, I have some video. Um, I, I haven't. Well, I've got a lot of video and evidence I need to go through, but I 
but they, yeah, there's some, some of that stuff that's uh, available. Um, I'm working on trying to get more of it on my, my uh, Facebook page and Instagram. Yeah. So hopefully I'll have that here soon. <laughs> that's exciting. Yeah, it was um, exciting. And uh, the weirdest thing is, was after that, we started getting like our, our wife's names called and all kinds of different stuff that was personal that we were like, there's no way. And it was know. just you guys in that area? It was, it was us, me, my friend, you know, my friend Steve, and then a couple of people who were just there to, you know, help out, or not help out, but just to, to, to share the experience and hunt, you know, try it out. And uh, I guess the kid that was with, you know, it was like a mom and a son, and the mm-hmm. son hadn't, didn't want to have anything to do with it after that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. So it was pretty crazy. So did you just have to ask permission to be there? Like, because I'm assuming you went at night, right? Or Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, I help out with... Uh, I think it's the haunted Alton tours. Okay. Um, I help, you know, basically kind of watch the ghost hunts and stuff like that. Make sure everybody's behaving oh, nice. or if they need help or if they need some, you know, tips or pointers, or if they want to try out some equipment, I help them out with that. Okay. Kind of give them the, you know, helpful experience, but you know, at the same time I'm investigating as well. Right. Uh, as part of the, the catch, I think is you get to be there and do the investigations at the same time, you know? Yeah. So how did you get introduced to that? Like, how did you, you know, get that opportunity. I went to the Haunted American Conference and nice. I met Lynn and Luke and I just kind of started talking to them and hanging out with them. And then eventually I started joining them with investigations around the area and, and they do that quite often. I was like, yeah, hey, I can help out and, and assist if you need it. And it's like, sure, you know, more people the merrier. Yeah. So I'm kind of cool. glad it happened, but <laughs> it kind of just happened, you know. Yeah. So fate, you know Troy Taylor then too, or? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I don't. I don't talk to Troy Taylor as much as I talk to Lynn and Luke, yeah, Luke yeah. as much. I, I don't interact with him directly as much, but yeah, I know Troy Taylor. Nice. Yeah. Sure. Me and Tanya met him. I met him like 20 years ago. I went to Alton oh, yeah? um, and we went to the mineral Springs. Um, and I had just, I don't know if it's an experience or not, but it was, I'm not, I'm not saying it is because I don't know. I feel like it's, yeah, I don't know. But we there's um, reports of like the woman um, who haunts part of the mineral springs and yeah, there's you a, can smell her perfume. Yeah, her pearl. Yeah. And I smelled like I smelled perfume for like a second and then it went away. And I'm like, mm, I don't know. Jasmine. But see, part of me is also like they could have pumped that in through the vents or maybe I just, <laughs> you know, like. I'm yeah. just skeptical, so I don't really consider it an experience. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I met Troy. Tor- yeah, I met Troy Taylor back then, like 20 years ago. And yeah. then again, me and Tanya went there uh, last year, and we um, he gave us um, a conference about his new Edgar Allan Poe book. So we, you know, oh, yeah. got to meet him, and she was fangirling. Cool. So it was it was pretty yeah. exciting. <laughs> yeah, that's fun. <laughs> It's always fun. Um, and then last year you went to Ashmore Estates. Um, yes. Can you tell me where that is, like the backstory and like what is going on there? Ashmore Estates kind of out there in the middle of nowhere in eastern southern Illinois. Okay. Uh, so it's just kind of out there, really a no man's land, kind of just mm-hmm. in between the corn. Yeah. But it's kind of just like a, like a somewhat of like an asylum and kind of like a, a place for, for school children. It's kind of had, you know, multiple uh, purposes that it held throughout its life so, and, you know there's a lot of different things it was at the time but you know the 
I think the hauntings of it is just supposed to be some of the old, you know, patients that were treated poorly or not right. well that are kind of still lingering along in that in that place. Okay. And so, you've had an experience there? I did. I had a couple experiences. Oh, well, let's hear them. <laughs> so the first experience is um, we're on the second floor and then through the window, um, you, there's like a wall that's like a lattice wall. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's another wall after that that's kind of a solid wall. But the like the street lights kind of coming through the window and you kind of projects the lattice wall against the, the other wall. Okay. And so you can kind of get that X pattern yeah. on the wall that you see. So I'm, you know, we're trying to ask questions and all of a sudden I notice when I'm looking, there was like a black shadow, probably the height of a child. And it just walked right past where the lattice was and, and where the light was shining through. It just became like a black, you know, person mm. shape. And then it just walked by and it was gone. Creepy. And I looked, yeah, that was creepy. So that's the first time I really saw like a solid, sh- you know, shadow person like that. Yeah. So I was excited, but also like jumping up. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we also had experiences where it was just me and one of the other investigator on the second floor. And then um, I was playing the piano and I was like, you know, hey, why, why don't I play this piano? And I was out of tune as hell. Um, so oh. I'm just trying to play and make it, you know, sound somewhat, you know, good. You know, yeah. just to try to have fun with it. And like, here's some music. Maybe that'll help you, you know, want to dance or whatever. And then I stopped playing. And so I was like, what did you think? And then all of a sudden we started hearing noises upstairs. And then all of a sudden this, there has these automatic lights that would come on if you walk okay. in the hallway. And all of a sudden it started coming on. And it and there's nobody in the hallway or in, or in the stairway, should I say. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just would come on. And then all of a sudden it would go off. And then it would come back on again. And then we started hearing rustling upstairs. And it's like mm. almost like somebody was moving, I don't know, like furniture, furniture? or something like that. Yeah. yeah, it was crazy. And then I went to actually check the video, I mean, not the video, but the recordings. Mm-hmm. And you can actually hear, it sounds like a, a patient or something like that or two. And, they, and I can't actually make out what they're saying, but it's kind of like a gargle, like, rah, 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 rah. and I oh. was like, not a, it's not me, it's not her, it's not yeah. anybody else. So it was kind of a strange experience, but you can tell they're trying to react to it a little bit. Oh, wow. Yeah, Ugh. so it was kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was so shocked by that one. I, like, had to listen to it over and over again. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So you live <laughs> uh, near Alton, Illinois, and near St. Mm-hmm. Louis, Missouri. So you're in that little area. Um, mm-hmm. And there's some local legends uh, near that area. Um, yes. Like the Piasa bird. Yes. Right. Um, me and Tanya, we went, of course, you know, we had to go see the the mural on like the yes. cave area right there. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. And so for people who don't know anything about it, uh, the Piasa bird is a bird like monster. And it's been described as big as a calf with horns on its head like a deer, a beard like a tiger, red eyes. Its body is covered in green, black and red scales and a long tail that wraps around its body and ends in a fish-like tail. Payasa means the bird who devours man. Uh, So the legend is that it could pick up a full-grown deer with its talons, uh, but over time it came to enjoy the taste of human flesh. Uh, So it's eating humans now, and the (laughs) Illini chief, uh, Atuga, had a dream about picking 20 of his best warriors, each with a bow and poisoned arrows, and a warrior was to stand in open view to be the victim of the Piasa. So 
the chief awoke, thanked the great spirit, and he knew that he had to be the bait. So the next day, he stood on the bluffs waiting for the Piasa bird, and he saw it perched on the cliff, eyeing its prey. The Piasa then was in the air and about to dart down on the chief when all the warriors struck the monster. And it made a terrible scream, and it fell into the Mississippi River. So that's the legend of this Piasa bird. What do you think about that? Um, I think it's, you know, it's a possible experience. Like you a said, fun story. yeah, yeah. Your, your mom has had her experiences. I, I remember when I was little, I used to live in Arkansas when I was a little bit younger for a little while. And I had an experience where we were outside doing kind of like a backyard camp and mm -hmm. with just some friends and we were, you know, kind of playing around and hanging out. And all of a sudden we heard like this screech scream that was so loud that like, it almost felt like a force of like airwaves yeah. just hitting us and kind of like just shocked us wow. completely. We ran into our inside to our parents' house and, and then we're like, did you hear that? Did you hear that? And nobody was like, no, we didn't hear anything. And we, we didn't see anything, you know, unfortunately, which would have been cooler if we had. Right. But I mean, we, we heard it. It was like the loudest thing I've ever heard for like bird calling or scream I've yeah. ever you know, can experience in my life. You know, back in then in the 80s and 90s, we were kids that always played outside. So right. it was the only time that ever happened. So I, I never really could explain it. Yeah. So I think it's plausible for the pious bird, you know, to definitely be a part, you know, of the of experience maybe back then. And maybe who knows, it's still sticking around somewhere. Yeah. That's so crazy. <laughs> like, ones. you know, I know it's like a legend, but it's just like, I wonder, like, what they could have seen. Like, yeah. you know, if it wasn't this crazy monster or dragon, you know, um, what other animal or, you know, know, could it be like, I, I mean, it, there's bald eagles that come there sometimes, but yeah, I mean, that's, there's a difference obviously in size between that and, and color and yeah. yeah, exactly. For sure. So, and yeah, it doesn't definitely makes you wonder like, where does it come from and yeah. what happens, you know, but it's just great sometimes storytelling. Make, you, I just love it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Sometimes it makes you think, you know, does dimensions bleed into one another and somehow mm -hmm. the creature gets stuck in here that maybe doesn't quite belong in this dimension, you know? Right. So it's kind of interesting that way. We'll never know. If you open your mind that way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so another local legend is the Missouri monster, which it's also known yeah. as Momo. Momo um, what a great name. <laughs> I know. What, you want to tell us about that one? Yeah, I think uh, basically back in, I think it was uh, July of 1972 um, in Louisiana, Missouri, which is just north, I guess, north uh, west of where I'm at. But they had a experience where basically like it was almost like a family that was out there in the woods um, mm -hmm. in you know, the Louisiana, Missouri area. And they saw this creature and it was completely furry and had fur everywhere, you know, which is kind of different than Bigfoot because Bigfoot, you know, you can usually see the face. And that was the difference here was yeah. you really couldn't see the face. You can only see the orange eyes mm -hmm. and reflection, you know, of the eyes, you know, um, when they, they saw them. Oh, there's Momo. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. <laughs> but yeah, I know it had red eyes. It, it stank, right? Like they reported that oh, yeah, they could smell it. Yeah. Stink. That was the first thing they noticed was mm -hmm. there was just a strange, you know, stench in the area. And, and all of a sudden they saw the creature and just kind of froze and they went to the police, of course. And, you know, the police weren't really believing the stories they were telling, which is just a common thing that happens. Right. And then more people kept reporting it. And I think even once uh, one of the police chiefs in the area had his own experience where he smelt the stench, he didn't see the creature, but he smelt the stench and was mm -hmm. like, maybe this is plausible. 
because he I think it was like a loud um, yell out or scream afterwards that he had the stench that he was like, wow, that sounded like nothing I'm, I'm familiar with. You know, this, right. this is something that may be actually happening. But then they uh, had a group of people. I think I came up from, you know, all kinds of different places in Missouri to try to hunt the creature down and look for the creature. And they came up empty. And I, you know, my, my thoughts is maybe they scared the creature away because the, the event stopped happening. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, less and less it was happening to them in that area. Right. So maybe they kind of drove the creature away. Or, or, but then again, they said it was wintertime. So that was probably another reason that it might have left yeah. the area. So, but I mean, there's still reports in, you know, different parts of the area. I've heard what reports in Alton. I've heard reports in a place called Mascuda. I've, you know, other different places in Millstock, Illinois, around the area that have, you know, sightings of, of a Bigfoot creature uh, in the area. So, I mean, I think it's something that happens. Um, so it's definitely plausible in this area. Because at first, you know, you think, you know, for the longest time I was a skeptic. There's like, there's no way it could happen mm-hmm. in this area. But then I had an experience of my own that kind of changed my mind. I, I want to um, hear it. Okay, I have to share it. Okay, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Uh, the situation was um, we were at a family, like, a, I guess, a family gathering at this place on Lake Kincaid. It's like Eagle Creek, like, resort or something like that on the lake. And then uh, we in went into state? town. What's it? It's in the state, yeah. Okay. It's the state of Illinois, and it's a little bit south. Okay. of uh, where I'm at. It's more core towards Quincy, maybe. Okay, okay. <laughs> okay, but um, we went there. We're having, you know, kind of the family gathering, and then uh, we went to go, you know, eat somewhere uh, in the in the local town, and unfortunately, there's no local towns really nearby, mm-hmm. so you have to drive all the way through the cornfield to kind of get to that, that location, so we did that, and then, you know, long story short, we went back uh, to the, the resort or we were heading back to the resort and my uh, wife's dad was leading the way in his truck and but his speedometer was broken so he's flying down the road and he doesn't realize it so he's going probably 120 miles an hour oh down God. these backwood roads right you know, with cornfield not noticing that he's speeding you know along the way just trying to get back and we're in the same situation where we're following so we have to keep up because we mm-hmm. have no idea you know with the cornfield, you kind of really don't know where you're at. Right, right. <laughs> you're trying to find your it's own way back. It's easy to get lost. Sure yeah. Exactly. yeah, exactly. But um, so my wife and her brother are in the car, and I'm in the back seat. And, uh, and, it, and his daughter is uh, back there, so I'm trying to comfort her because we're flying down the road. And it's, like, getting bumpy, and she's starting to freak out. Yeah. So I'm here, you know, trying to keep her calm. And they're keeping eyes on the the, the cornfield because they want to make sure nothing comes out, like deer right. or anything like that. And it happened to be that, you know, when they were doing that, they were flying super fast. And all of a sudden they noticed this tall, white, grayish creature stepped out of the cornfield, looked at him and then stepped right back out. What? And then disappeared. Wow. And then I was like, I missed it, of course. You know, I was trying to console the the child. So my wife rubs it in my face all the time that she got to see Bigfoot and I Right. (laughs) (laughs) You were there, but it doesn't count for you. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, dang it. (laughs) <laughs> wow but um so it makes me think you know during the summertime how easily it would be to just travel across the land through corn you know mm-hmm. tall corn and you know at that time is so easy just to kind of get through and, and get to different locations and maybe that's the time where they travel to the different places because they know they can't be seen yeah so you can easily get lost in a cornfield yeah yeah exactly 
So that put me in like that believer category a little bit more just because it was like, this is plausible. This something happened. Yeah. You know, this is, this is legit. Hmm. And your wife thinks so as Bigfoot too? Like, is that what she's? She, I mean, she, that's her own explanation. It was a tall, grayish, white creature. And that just the way it moved was so smooth. She's mm-hmm. like, it, like it peeked out. And like it knew that we saw him and it was just like quickly just vanished like into the corn you know just a magician or something yeah oh <laughs> you know, so. okay so it was kind of an interesting you know experience she now she's not as much into the paranormal as i am i was just gonna ask yeah energy. yeah she's into the paranormal some but i'm much more of a fanatic for yeah. sure <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> all right so um are there any other legends you want to talk about or not really um anything else i always thought there was an interesting legend in uh this place in missouri st louis area called creve lake and there was a legend of kind of an indian girl and and it was the time when the spanish conquistadors i guess were are, you know just exploring the area mm-hmm. and this you know native american woman fell in love with one of the spanish people and they were doing well together and then he ended up having to get shipped off and then she heard through word of mouth that he had gotten married to somebody else. And so what she did was, you know, basically walked to the top of the bluff and then, you know, committed suicide. Mm-hmm. And her father was so mad, you know, he was like a chief of, of the of the tribe and he cursed the land and cursed her and basically said that you can't leave this area because of, of what you did, you know, committing suicide and right and, and going for somebody that's not, you know, of your culture. Mm-hmm. And there's still stories in that area where basically you see like a, a, a woman ghost or spirit walking around the area and, and kind of just traveling around that, that, that uh, location for eternity, it seems like. <laughs> have you investigated over there? I have been there, but I haven't investigated at night. Okay. Because so, I think they have very strict hours okay. of getting there. So like usually when the sun goes down they won't let you investigate yeah after dusk so that's it closes. the only problem i have <laughs> yeah i guess i could try to sneak in there low crawling yeah <laughs> <laughs> Check it out one night you know <laughs> that's funny <laughs> um okay, I'm, so, I'm definitely interested in it for sure yeah i like to go investigate someday that'd be fun let yeah. me know when you go and i'll drive down sure yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah yes <laughs> <laughs> um so you just went to a con a couple weeks ago, right? Was it a couple weeks ago now? Yeah. Um, and you saw some people from a awesome 80s movie. Oh, yeah. Monster Squad. Monster Tell us Squad. about that. It was very cool. I've been watching that movie a long time. Yeah. I think one of those things is like when you're a kid into the paranormal, you always kind of revert to like Ghostbuster and another right. one is Monster Squad for yep. me. Well, just like, you know, that's that's what I was hoping to be when I was younger. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if monsters are coming, I'm going to come out there and kick their butts. You know? Right. <laughs> so you so got it's to cool meet to meet some them. They were really right? nice. Yeah. yeah so I got to meet the, you know, a couple of the actors there and it was really cool. Yeah. And uh, they, they liked, enjoyed talking to my son and stuff like that. He asked because I had showed him the movie the mm-hmm. night before just to kind of get him excited as well. Yeah. Did he like he it? Like, I really like that movie. Yeah. He's like, I really like that movie. How old is he? He's like, what did you like? They asked him what he liked best about it. And he's like, oh, the cursing. Something <laughs> <laughs> <Really> nice. <laughs> How old is your son? He's 10. Oh, okay. Nice. And now is he into yeah. um, cryptids and aliens and ghosts and all that or not really? 
he's into the ghost stuff more than aliens and cryptids. Okay. Um, I think he kind of enjoys that creepy stuff as well. Yeah. Um, so I think he feels like that's a little more creepy to him and then aliens for right now seem far fetched to him because I haven't convinced him yet. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> All right. You ready for some rapid fire questions? Oh yeah, sure. Okay. This, this is what I'm nervous about. <laughs> oh my gosh. No. Okay. <laughs> what is one food you would never want to give up? Ah, oh, geez, Louise. Um, cheese. <laughs> <laughs> All types of cheese Maybe. or just a certain a certain types? I don't um all kinds of cheese, I think. Yeah. I just I like to cheese on all kinds of different stuff. I think it helps. A cheese connoisseur. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, more than I want to admit. <laughs> um, are you reading any books right now? Uh I just picked up a book. Um I, I posted on my Instagram. And it's like where the footsteps end, which is just about kind of like the Bigfoot lore and maybe the, you know, kind of supernatural possibilities of Bigfoot um, where, you know, a lot of times you'll see a footprints and, and stuff like that of Bigfoot and all of a sudden they'll just stop. You know, does does he disappear? Does he go you know, to right. another dimension or is he, you know, some, some people have said, was he a ghost or something like that, you know, which I don't, I don't think that's the case, but, you know. But, you know, we don't really know what happens with Bigfoot. Right. I mean, it's such a large creature and it's just able to, you know, zoom out. So it kind of piqued my interest to kind of little, read a little bit more about that. Yeah. So. Cool. But I'm at the very beginning, so I'm not sure where it's at yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is uh, one cryptid or like alien or ghost? Like what would scare you the most seeing or experiencing? I think werewolves, honestly. The werewolves. Okay. Um, uh, like the very red beast and stuff like that. I've mm -hmm. you know read some of Linda Godfrey's stuff and just some of those stories where if you get one that's really kind of coming after you, that would just be a terrifying experience just because they're so quick and so yeah, you know, it seems vicious, you know. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and it feels like you know with other creatures you get you know some some viciousness, but uh, I feel like werewolves they just take it to another level. <laughs> yeah, I get that. Mine would be like. Yeah alien abduction like oh yeah <laughs> eh. i think the worst part is if you're getting abducted and, you, and they and they freeze you and you can't move and do anything i think that'd be the worst yeah. thing in the world like, i don't okay, want to be tested on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't like that either <laughs> um what is your favorite drink oh my goodness uh i don't i drink all kinds of soda i guess and water and Okay. Stuff. <laughs> I don't know if I have a particular favorite. I, um, I kind of, I'm a seasonal drinker. So certain things I drink at certain times, like in the summer, I tend to drink Pepsi more than Coke. Okay. And then winter I switch for some reason. <laughs> oh, I've never heard that before. I thought you were going to say like hot know. chocolate in the winter or like. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's lemonade usually in the some summer. kind of soda. <laughs> Sadly enough. <laughs> I mean, there's alcoholic beverages too, but you know, I don't mind. A, a good beer is always nice. Yeah. You know, a good lager would be good. <laughs> <laughs> um, so if you could go to um, any place in the United States to see a cryptid or a ghost, where would you go to? Oh, like, what's like your question. number one thing uh, that you want to see or experience? Oh, there's so many. <laughs> <laughs> Let me give me a couple. A you can here. give me give me give me your top three. Um, 
I know Savannah, Georgia, I wanted to check out just because it's such a haunted city. Yeah. Um, Have you been to, to, uh, to New Orleans? No, I haven't. That's I another haven't been one either. That's... I want to go. It's like on my bucket list, but you know, it's like yeah. so haunted with all that history and voodoo oh, yeah. and hoodoo and all that. Yeah, I was going to try to go this year and it just didn't happen. I so wanted to do Magic Quest in the Smoky Mountains. So you got the, the pick. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, let's go to New Orleans. He's like, no, nah, it doesn't have Magic Quest. Let's let's move. <laughs> <laughs> so he kind of rolled me out. <laughs> One day I'm going to get there to New Orleans. So yeah. hopefully we both get there soon. Yeah. You know? I hope so. <laughs> uh, what is your favorite line from any movie? Like, is there one that you quote a lot? I'm awful about quoting movies, but I mean, it's got to be a, a line from Spaceballs or something like that. Okay. Know? That's a good one. But I mean, uh, Jurassic Park sometimes as well. Mm-hmm. You know, what is the line that Samuel L. Jackson line? Hold on to your butts or something like that. <laughs> I say that a lot for some reason <laughs> when we're going to do something. <laughs> Hold on to your butt. <laughs> um, toilet paper <laughs> over or under? Oh, I got to do the over. Over. Okay. That's yeah. the right answer. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> All right. Well, Josh, thank you so much for, you know, taking the time to talk to me. Um, where can thank people you. find you? Um, the best place to go is to the, the you know, Weird Dad updates. Um, I actually have a link in my description. That's a link tree where you can find then my YouTube page and TikTok and uh, Facebook page. You do TikTok, like huh? What's what's there? Uh, not a whole lot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a couple of videos of some pops and a video of me looking and like I'm in a UFO. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you so have any? Okay. Do you have any um, of your like things that you found like evidence-wise, like on YouTube or? Like some of your paranormal um, I think hunts? I had one thing on my Weird Dad Paranormal um, Facebook page. Okay. And it was like a video of actual mineral springs where, um, you know, your phone has that, I guess, more new phones have that ability where you, you take a picture, but it kind of takes like a three second video. Yeah. When you're trying to take the picture. And in that situation, like I, I pressed the button and the flash hadn't come on yet. And then I, I took a picture of the hallway, you know, three separate occasions. But in one occasion, you can see like this black mass kind of just walk across, you know, the, the hallway at the end mm -hmm. of the hallway. And I, I posted that because you can kind of you know, get a glimpse of it uh, walking across the hallway. Okay. Uh, and seeing that, I thought that was, you know, pretty good evidence to show. Yeah. I really need to just sit down and get my UVPs on there because there's some really good stuff, I think, there. Uh, so that's something I need to work on. Yeah, let's do know, it. When I, when I get let's some go. Time. Yes. <laughs> I want to hear him. <laughs> yes, for sure. I'll start posting. I'll, I'll let you know. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah, and we'll, we'll link everything um, to the show notes so people can find you and, and okay, see what you're cool. all about and see that evidence. But well, thank um, you so much. Yeah, and you can find me and the rest of the gang on all the socials. We're on TikTok and Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. We have a Redbubble store, and we're always looking for listener experiences. Um, so you can email us at spookscreepspod at gmail.com. Um, and thanks again, Josh. It's been fun. It's been fun. Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much. It's been amazing. All right. Bye. All right. See you. Take care.
Thanks for listening to our Monster Mashup. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and Facebook. We also have merch on redbubble.com. See you later, creeps.